0: Hi, welcome to Talking Youth Work. My name is Rui Branco and together with Anita Silva, we bring you a podcast where we interview youth work experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in youth work, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on youth trends or responsible for youth policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can news workers shake up, upgrade, and innovate on their daily work.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Today we talked about EduScrum. Maybe it's a new word you never heard about. It is a framework, a set of principles and rituals, tools that you can use to support learners in uh, learning in a more autonomous, collaborative way. And we talked with Mark Postema, who is a teacher who started using EduScrum and is now venturing into bringing EduScrum also into youth work. So we talked about the principles behind it, which are values that I would say are very much in line with what we do in non-formal education, values as collaboration, communication, trust. But also we talked about the tools and rituals they use in EduScrum to support a process that is really rooted in those values. So we talked about Kanban boards, we talked about planning poker, uh, burndown charts, retrospective tools, all different ways that are used to put in practice these principles. These are fun tools uh, that can be very effective when used together, and um, Mark is a very enthusiastic teacher who kind of understands non-formal education uh, in a way that I always find very inspiring. I hope you find it inspiring too. Let's talk some youth work. Hello, hello. Good morning. Hi, Mark.
2: Good morning. Good morning.
1: Nice to have you with us today. Hi, nice Rui. to be here. <laughs> how are you today, Rui?
0: I'm um, doing good, doing good. A little bit of cough, but doing good.
1: All right, all right. So um, today we're here talking about EduScrum and with no further ado, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about you and how did you start uh, working with EduScrum and in youth work? How did that came to be?
2: All right. Well, um, I'm from the Netherlands originally, currently living uh, for f- almost six years already in uh, in the Czech Republic, um, working in formal education, that's also my background, um, so I started about 10 years ago as a chemistry and physics teacher in the Netherlands. Um, But always had a feeling that something is missing in what I'm doing in education, uh, partly because I felt more like uh, my students were behaving like sheep and to follow what I was instructing them and doing as a teacher tells you to do. Uh, Also, at the moment that the teacher tells you to do it, um, it was not very satisfying to me. So I was looking for ways how to a little bit open it up even in formal education to make the questions to students about what they want to learn or to give them the space to show their skills and qualities um, and then uh, i came uh, across a little workshop of uh, of Eduscrum from the founder of Eduscrum, who is from the netherlands which was quite interesting um, but like how it normally goes with uh, if you go to a training sessions or sometimes goes you go to a training session it's inspiring then you go back to your busy work life and then uh, implementing that what you have learned uh, sometimes uh, doesn't happen uh, that's what's
1: which, gonna happen after this podcast without... yeah,
2: <laughs> probably <laughs> yes inspiring and then nothing changed <laughs> um that's uh well that happened to me and i guess uh, many people can relate to that um but then when i um, when i moved to czech republic my uh well everything went upside down anyways and my career as well and i had to start from scratch supposed to teach uh physics in english with a book in czech that i at that time didn't understand at all so that was the moment for me to say okay if everything uh, is uh like starting from blank the big reset button then this is the moment to start uh, to start actively implementing it and that's that's when i uh, when i started to play around with edishcom a, a bit
1: all right wow interesting so Tell us more about EduScrum uh, specifically. How, um, can you kind of provide us a brief overview of what it is and uh, how it can benefit educators?
2: Yes, of course. Well, um, I would like to describe EduScrum as a, as a framework. It's like a set of tools and ceremonies that um, that relates quite a lot to project-based learning so we work in the projects with students but at the same time there's also a big focus on the development of the soft skills so then we're talking about cooperation communication Um, we also have a focus on critical thinking and creativity so we're not only going with teams of students through projects Mm -hmm. um, but also really reflect and do retrospectives on their skills in the cooperation and uh, communication Uh, Because we think that those are very essential skills for future life. Um, And at the same time, um, it gives a lot of space to either make projects quite closed, where it's mostly teacher who decides what's happening. But if the students have the skills and the space for it, you can also open it up completely uh, in an ideal situation to let students be completely in charge of what is happening, what they are learning. and what activities they are doing, where the teacher um, um goes more to the background to just facilitate the process instead of being uh, very frontal in that.
1: All right. So I know that EduScrum was not initially uh, a framework designed for education. Where does it come from?
2: Well, it originates from the from the from Scrum. That's um that's a framework used in IT business for. Mm-hmm about 30 years already, I guess. Um, And um, that's kind of like a replacement for this very standard project management because uh, especially in the IT world, it was a very fast-changing world with lots of uncertainties, lots of complexities. Mm -hmm. So just to work on a very long-term project with a deadline somewhere set far in the future without lots of flexibilities uh, was just not suitable anymore. And the founder of EduScrum uh, had a son in law who was using that in uh, in um, in his firm. They started to have a conversation, and I was like, oh, "That might be uh, interesting to implement in education as well." And that's how the how the ball started rolling, basically.
1: Okay, so so how does it differ? How how does it differ the EduScrum framework approach? and um and project management for example because i know project management right you have set goals you define a methodology when where why and then you go through um the different implementation steps and then you evaluate at the end or whatever how does it differ
2: well if you look at project management management or scrum itself then the outcome of it is a product most Mm -hmm. of the times where in edge scrum it's about reaching a learning goal and I think that's that's a fundamental difference between it, and that also requires some changes to be able to be it to to be uh, to be effective. Yes.
1: Okay. So that that would be the main change. Main changes that this applies to learning.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: But um, I know that you work as a teacher, but you also now are involved in youth work. What are you doing now in the field of youth work?
2: Yeah. Well, that was very interesting because. Um, After I started playing around with EduScrum, which was quite uh, challenging because uh, I did it from the manual that I found online without having a proper training. Mm -hmm. So at some point I wrote uh, really in the Netherlands uh, about it, that I'm in the Czech Republic, I'm playing with EduScrum, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I like it, I need some help. So I went to the Netherlands to be properly trained and after a while, some people here started asking me questions if I cannot train them a bit, so I became a trainer in EduScrum. Then I released my first workshop um, for people to apply to. And I thought nobody applied, but it turned out there was one person who applied. But I (laughs) saw it after the the workshop should have been, but I didn't react on it because I thought nobody applied. Uh, And that turned out to be someone from the Association of non formal Education in uh, in Czech Republic. And um, so I contacted her. I went there to give a workshop to her and her colleagues. Uh, and that's my basically my first introduction to non-formal education because honestly at the time i had absolutely no idea what mm-hmm. what they are doing what it means non-formal education um, what it all involves mm-hmm. um, but we liked each other and the reason for it is that um, the playing field is big in non-formal education because basically everything is possible um, there is no fixed curriculum. There is no fixed timetable where you have to deal with or all those kind of regulations. Um, so and that's a beautiful place to start from scratch and to build uh, very nice, meaningful educational activities for for young people. At the same time, it also brings us challenges because when everything is open, where do you begin? how do you come from i would like to learn something about coding or something about horses or whatever everything is possible how do you turn into meaningful learning activities with also a certain level of quality because what i've learned from my work that i do now with cooperation with people in non form education is that um, meaningful activities and quality they are uh, becoming even more important i think in the uh, uh, evolution of non-formal education. If I am understanding that correct,
1: I hope you are. I hope you are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's why we started to 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 work together a lot. Um, and I think that the world of formal education can also learn a lot from the world of non-formal education. Oh,
1: now so. that's it. That's we can close now the, the no, podcast. This is it. This is what. Our <laughs> oh, list all
2: right, that's you? it for today. Well, <laughs>
0: <geez>. <laughs> no, but but I was uh, I was listening and I was thinking that. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was listening that EduScrum might bring some structure to the very open play field of non-formal education. Because Scrum, from what I know, has some kind of structure. Yes, it has a
2: set of ceremonies and a structure. But at the same time, it still is learner-centered. And um, uh, how it works in formal education, that we're trying to open it up a little bit more right but we as teachers in formal education are very scared of losing that control and i think the formal education non-formal education comes from the other side of the spectrum where everything is completely open and then how do you give it some kind of a structure but at the same time you also don't want to take control over the learner you still want the learner to be at the center and at the core of it and not become more formal by deciding for that learner what he or she has to do etc etc
1: absolutely i think you put it up so well it's so refreshing to hear a teacher putting this so well <laughs> better than <laughs> many non-formal educators to mm-hmm. have this awareness it
0: feels lo- a lot like learning experience design because it's also user-centered exactly yes
2: yes and exactly. we have a we have a lot of you know uh, edge scrum is just one way of course there are a lot of alternatives and uh what you say as well and the project-based learning and there the, and experience-based learning and there there's a whole menu available of course um and what i think for me is interesting about Eduscrum scrum that it's it's the whole complexity of it um mm-hmm. so it's we also have very nice tools to reflect with the students about their personal development of their soft skill development but at the same at the same time also there's a very structured planning tool because if you work on a long-term project it's very difficult um to plan it and to manage it, but at the same time to also to be uh, flexible, to adapt to changes, because that can also happen during a project, of course.
1: Okay, so let's let's help people kind of grasp the mm-hmm. concept here. Can, can you give yeah. us kind of real-life examples or uh, concrete examples of how EduScrum works or parts of it so we can understand more how it looks like?
2: Yes, well, the first thing... Um, um, then let's talk about the values that are behind it. Of course, um, and the the core value here is trust. The trust means we trust that learners actually do want to learn something, which is sometimes a little bit forgotten in the formal world uh, because all those lazy teenagers, blah blah blah. You know it, right? Um, it's not true. Um, so th- that begins there, um, and then it's vice versa. Also, students to be able to trust, really trust the teacher, and to trust that with open communication and honestly together you can go very far Um, and then it become we have a set of learning goals and that's where we begin Uh, what are the learning goals what is it that you would like to learn Mm -hmm. Um, either it's at informal education by the teacher but in in non-formal of course by the learner Mm -hmm. and then is a very interesting next step because how do you translate that to activities? Um, and those projects are big, so we focus first on those learning goals, and then saying, "Talk." We have a very good conversation about the criteria. So when are you satisfied? When do you feel that you've learned something? You know, when when is because if you say someone would like to learn something about coding, okay, you can do something about coding. But when when are you satisfied? What are the criteria? Are the when do you feel like okay, now I learned enough? Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's a very important step uh, to make it very clear and transparent for the learner itself, but also for the person who is guiding that learner or the team of learners in it. Um, because if that's not clear, then everything become, stays a little bit blurry throughout the whole path. So, that's that transparency is very important. And when you have that, then we go to it making to-do list what are the activities that you're going into so we basically write down the recipe for baking the cake so what are all the different steps that needs to be done some things maybe aren't still undefinable but most of them are um and from there we 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 make a planning so we do some little game with making a planning tool it's called planning poker where they estimate uh approximately how long each task of their to-do list is going to take um, in most cases there is a deadline when something needs to be finished when that doesn't exist we have a different way of working uh, but in most cases also in non-formal education mm-hmm. there is a deadline um, so then when they are working on those to-do items they have like uh, that planning tool they make a graph where they track uh, after every session whether it's an hour or a block or whatever it is or a day um, how far they are on track of uh, managing their activities and as a coach you're facilitating the process and um, we like to make the analogy between being bees or being sheep where in formal education we treat people a lot like sheep uh, you just follow where uh, it should actually be that you as a Mentor, coach, teacher, whatever your role is, you become the beekeeper and the learners, they are the bees. And the interesting thing about the bees is when the environment is right, they will deliver the honey. If they don't deliver the honey, it's not because the bees are stupid. It's because the environment is not right. And it is our role. um, And I don't think it matters whether you're in formal or in non-formal education um, to make sure that those bees, the learners, can produce their honey. So you're the facilitator in that process Hmm. and that sometimes means you step to the background and it sometimes means you're explaining things you're teaching something because Hmm. your knowledge can be still be valuable but it's not about you it's about them
0: i I feel that it's sometimes is removing uh, some obstacles that might come up for the bees in in this case the the students yes help them deal with it because they already know the way that they want to go Mm -hmm. Sometimes they need help like um, removing an obstacle or or going over the obstacle with new learnings that you bring to the table.
2: Yes, yes. And that is very different for every single learner, for every single team of learner, uh, because um, there are a great set of a great group of learners who have a lot of skills to be able to manage a lot of things themselves. And there, you also have the the group that, when you ask what you want to learn, is like, I don't know. You know that you really go from from zero. So they all need something different. But it's still our 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 job to uh, to. Let them go to the next step wherever yeah, whatever their starting position is right. to meet them exactly where they are yes mm. yes
1: yeah so you you were describing kind of the framework this they, they set up goals uh they they plan for those goals they make a to-do list and then they go over it and they have a way to monitor their own progress um throughout um yeah, nothing
2: special right Very. Straightforward, yeah. I would say. Yes.
1: <laughs> very straightforward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I wanna hear more of the juicy parts in the sense <laughs> that, you know, you said something like you we do planning poker. That mm-hmm. already kind of sparks my attention. Like, oh what okay, that's I, interesting.
0: If they lose, they of... have to sell their house.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Simple. Also straightforward.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> very adequate for the time we live <laughs>
2: Uh-huh. All right oh, well,
1: but what other kind of tools come up or, or rituals like you said that you... yeah
2: all right all right well the, let's talk about that planning poker ritual then because um well they make a to-do list with all kinds of activities there's a deadline but making a to-do list doesn't mean that you finish by the deadline it doesn't help you at all with with managing your time mm-hmm. um and especially when you're working with long-term projects and in this case we're talking uh in, if i talk about hours we're talking about, like, 10 to 20 hours of uh, maybe even longer um that's a long period of time so if you just hand out the project here it is good luck see you later um you know well we already feel what the problems are going to be right right um so and that's okay i still have problems myself with it and when i was a teenager i would be completely lost in those situations so we need to help them a little bit with that. Um, so when they have an item on their to-do list, an activity, uh, it's impossible to say from that to them, that it, that it takes 28 minutes to finish or 57 or whatever. Um, it's also too simple to say, we have 10 hours, we have 10, 10, 10 items, one item an hour. That's also not suitable. So there's something in the middle. So, the learners, they have ah uh, an Edgerum, they work in teams, very essential because we are working on developing those soft skills in communication, cooperation. So whatever happens in Edgecrum, the learners work into teams. We can talk about how to put them in teams later as well. if you're interested about learning mm-hmm. that. Um, so they have their to-do list. They sit around the table. they have a set of cards, and on those cards are some points written down. Um, they those points uh, are just indicating whether a task is a small or a big task, not minutes, not whatever. Um, And for every single task, each member of the team shows what they think, how many points uh, it costs to do that. Um, Then there is a difference, because maybe I can say it cost uh, four points or three points and someone else say 21. So it means you think that the task takes more longer than I do. So we start having a conversation. Why do you think that? It very often happens that i in mi- one of us misinterpreted what the task actually means so it helps to clarify what needs to be done then they give each task a set of points and then uh, all those tasks on the to-do list they count they add up all the points together and they say they come out to 227 points mm-hmm. and let's say that they have got 10 hours to do it it means that they should uh Take about twenty-two point seven points, whatever it is, uh, every single hour to be able to finish on time. Um, so they make a little graph uh, on a piece of paper where they set that that goal, and every single time when something is finished, they add it to that graph. So they have a live tracker of their progress, and that the visual part of that is very essential here because they can see whether they are on track to finish it or not. Mm-hmm. So I used to, when I didn't use Chrome, work with students in projects, and then uh, you feel as a teacher or a coach, that it should be doing a little bit more, right? Um, and then you start talking about it, and then they say, ah, oh, we've got plenty of time and those things, and I feel that they don't, they feel that they do, then you can have a nonsense discussion, doesn't get you anywhere, frustrating for everybody. Um, but with this, there's a live this, this visual tool, so, if they say, I've oh, got plenty of time, no, you don't. <laughs> Look at it. So, and that's the moment uh, in the formal part of education when the students also say, Hey, maybe we should do some homework, right? Mm. Their choice. So, they're in charge of it. I had students doing a lot of things at home so they could relax in my classes because they had a very long day. So, it's them taking that ownership over it. It's not me walking into a classroom and then telling them to do something they know because they got their planning i don't have to be the one to tell them they they know mm-hmm. their responsibility
1: this sounds really interesting because it gives a lot of agency to the learner and it gives them the tools to manage that agency because in in non formal education i feel that we we do have those principles very present that it should be centered in the learners in the learners needs and we give them time to reflect and to plan and to self-direct their own learning. But many times there aren't specific tools that really help them monitor that progress. We just trust that the person is doing what they can. And, um, and I think maybe some of these frameworks actually help support that agency. If you give people, like you said, a visual tool that allows them to see where they are kind of uh, increases their capacity to manage the process uh, more than just, you know, reflecting freely about it this can be another option that people can choose to to, yes. to use
2: yes yes I think the two p- most powerful parts is but in all the work that the trainers trainings that I did in the, these these years are those criteria at the beginning mm-hmm. to have it very transparent mm-hmm. and then next to that the the monitoring of the progress with that with that specific tool mm-hmm. Um, and I think those those two things are very, very effective and uh, important.
0: Because it it becomes much easier to recognize progress. Sometimes it's difficult to recognize when you're lacking, but also when something is being successful and it, it helps in motivation to keep going because you can see that you had progress. Sometimes it's not so tangible to see, oh, I've learned this. But if you have the criteria, you can see, oh, from the beginning i have already learned this it's possible for me to learn the rest maybe i i just have to adjust the time or something but it's possible
2: yes and and working with those to-do lists we do it with sticky notes uh we've got those big papers hanging big big flip chart papers with, uh, with the whole framework hanging on the classroom for for each team Uh, And those sticky notes, just to move it from to-do, when they are working on it, they put it on on a column called busy. So that means this team is working on that. So it also allows them to choose when they want to work on what. So it's not everybody does the same. Their their choice, their responsibility. And then when something is finished, they put it to the done column. Um, And when that happens, we compare it as a coach, trainer, teacher, whatever. Uh, We compare it with the criteria that we set at the beginning, right? Is it really done? or not look at the criteria does it match yes finished doesn't it all right let's go back to busy very easy that evaluation of it because of those clear criteria um and there's also like a physical satisfaction from moving that sticky note to done in the in the in the graph so you go it's a, because it's a big chunk of work so it's nice to see you're slowly moving all those sticky notes that they have on the left side slowly goes to the right and 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 uh, the graph going up uh, satisfying
1: so this is like a kanban uh, style table yes
2: yeah? so yes yes people
1: are moving the this the tasks through the the tasks through the pipeline yes. Um, yes. Have have you used this in the context of youth work? Do you have examples from using it uh, in the, in youth work?
2: Um well, we recently well recently I think it's already a year ago, time goes fast, but uh, um, I did a training for youth workers for the first time together with uh, someone from the Association of Non-formal Education in in Czech Republic. Um, because what what I think coaching techniques is something that is very present in non-formal education uh more informal education so uh, and those two things match uh coaching and Eduscrum match very well um, because of how to get from that idea to some learning goal etc so we developed a training together where i brought the tool and she brought the coaching techniques and one of our learners from that um, she made a project in uh, it's called the eco challenge uh, it was online. She did it from Czech Republic uh, with people from all over the country um, where students in different set of teams worked on a specific challenge. Uh, we were, uh focusing on ecology. There was a team who built an eco gym uh, to make gyms the boring places with only the equipment to make that more ecological with uh, lots of green et cetera in it. Um, team working on uh, students garner in the students garden in the local university. Um, and she was guiding that process online so that different teams working completely different things, um, but using that same structure, then it also allows you to have a nice overview of still what all the teams are doing, although they are still doing something completely different. Um, and that was the very first very nice example of uh, effective usage in uh, in uh, from my own experience. Um, I do work together internationally, of course, with the international scrum team because scrum is active in more than forty countries. Uh, that uh, colleague from my from from Spain who uh, uses scrum in uh, in uh, summer camp every single year, English summer camp in Spain, um, and I think that there is a big potential uh, to go further in uh, in non-form education with that as well um recently in Slovakia there's a group working with dual academy so they it's a small company who was providing soft skill trainers to to uh, to companies but at the same time they're working together with the local university um so they're guiding students from the university into projects they really do in companies um so yeah mm-hmm. lots of diverse examples in it i would say
1: great Are are there other uh, I mean, we won't have time to explain in detail, like you explained now, the planning poker. Um, but besides the planning poker, these Kanban boards, are there other kind of rituals that serve certain objectives um, that you that you use?
2: Well, um, at the starting point, well, I, I spoke about that the teams are the students are working together in teams and uh, how to how to bring teams together that's an interesting part uh it's in the formal education like one two three four one two three four or make some groups of four or five people we don't do those things there's a reason behind some teams are together okay. so we have a ceremony where we put t- students and teams together based on their skills and qualities so they okay. fill in an enormous list of skills and qualities okay. that they have um and based on that they pick each other to make sure that in their team is a very nice mix of different skills and qualities that are needed to work on the project Mm -hmm. Um, teams can also be put together based on interest when there's a real open area uh, which i think would be more suitable in a non-formal education part Um, so the starting position is about why are people together in teams Mm -hmm. not just randomly select there has to be a reason for it and the reason um, depends on what the context of the project is okay so that's that's a a vital part the second part a ceremony we've got it's called a retrospective so somewhere in the in the middle of the project we really stop and we do a retrospective we have some tools with to make it visual where they really as a team reflect on how they are working together so there's nothing to do with the learning outcomes but their cooperation within the teams They reflect on it, they present it to the other people who are there as well. And then we have a conversation, me from the coach point of view. All right. What is something that you would really like to solve in the rest of the program, uh, rest of the project? And how can I support that? Um, So that is also a very important ceremony as well.
0: But for example, do you feel that using that framework, there is less conflict in the uh, team environment?
2: now what what the interesting shift is is that that conflict in the team environment is something that we're actually looking for um so what I'm saying with that is, uh, when I teach, especially teachers, we're very, very often scared of that conflict. What if there's a problem in the in the group? But we're in school. We're learning, and we, when we are learning to cooperate and to communicate with each other, that conflict is a very essential part of that learning. Because then you have something to talk about and to learn. If we want there to be no conflict, then on that part there's also no learning. So the conflict is actually mm-hmm. what I'm looking, what we're looking for, and. I'm naturally interested in that, although I'm not a coach. I don't have coaching training, but I'm going to educate myself on that. And some people are naturally not feel very uncomfortable in that, especially in the format, because you're not trained. They don't train you that in teacher university how to deal with those conflicts. So that's why I very much like to work together with someone who is specialized in coaching skills and coaching techniques to also bring that. And I think that's a very nice part uh, example of what formal education can learn from non-formal
0: education. Hmm. Hmm. yeah, I was thinking it's very important the communication. I was thinking of the nonviolent communication framework. Hmm. It's very yes. helpful because you're trying to explain the idea, not trying to blame anyone or anything. It's so it's bringing those skills into this kind of teaching,
2: yes, exactly, yes
1: hmm. what what would you say um can be potential obstacles from your practice? if a youth worker is trying, to use Eduscrum, scrum what can be um pitfalls that that sometimes uh, happen when trying to implement this set of principles and rituals
2: um i think one of the pitfalls can be that um, that you lose the focus of that it has to be the student-centered that it's from the learner itself because if we're talking about criteria about all those things then then um it's very tempting it's very tempting yes yes and it is also very difficult to let that really come from the learner itself you can also of course do it as a mix right from my perspective i think these criteria are very important uh what, what are yours um so that also depends on the context that we are working from but really to be that's that let it up to to them and it's your job to guide them through it uh, because if they say yeah but i don't know and okay, what is the next step, right? Well, how do you how do you how do you deal with that? Mm. So that that might be might, mean, might be an uh, an obstacle that it becomes mm. maybe too formal then. <laughs> 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 to close it too much, we don't want to close it.
1: Um, yeah, it's like to keep that fine balance. I think that that applies to many of the tools we use in youth work it, it's very tempting for the facilitator to use them as a control machine yes yes and yes not as a support yes uh, net for for your learners
2: exactly exactly mm.
1: um so if somebody wants to start using this let's say i'm a youth worker or a trainer in youth work i want to start mm-hmm. using Eduscrum. scrum mm-hmm. where do i start what do i need to learn
2: <laughs> <laughs> well um there are several options um of course the one uh, very uh, reasonable option is to to get a training right in it but how do you do that um well there's the international edu Aderscrum website edu um, it's now being uh, partly rebuilt because uh, we made it too complex um, where there will be soon a list of certified trainers from every single country so and with the links to each specific country's website because every country also has their own website where it is done um there's an Eduscrum manual written or uh, translated in all the languages that offer also the trainings mm-hmm. so there people can read um that, if is that freely available just freely available of course yes yes also on a, website of also the website also on Edus the Chrome. website yes Fantastic. yes definitely um if you put Eduscrum on YouTube, there will be some videos about uh, some examples of uh, how Eduscrum is used. Um, if you, uh, in the international Eduscrum community, we also have called Eduscrum welcoming tea sessions. So that is for everybody who is interested in maybe uh, learning more about Eduscrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Google it, if it on LinkedIn, Facebook, on the website, there, those e- events will be announced. So everybody can just join in. It's online in English. It's for free, of course um then there is uh, we call it so-called eduscom world journey sessions where people all over the world who are applying eduscom share best practices from from their own uh, working space Um, and uh, twice a year there's an international eduscom gathering uh, online where also people all over the world share their passion All those are all uh, accessible for free
1: Thank you. That's that's a very good set of information. We'll put the link also in the text of our podcast, so um, our listeners can find it quickly. You know, I I, I find really interesting um, these approaches because for me, learning is about you know, learning process is about principles and methods, right? You need to know the principles behind something, and you need to have methods too um to implement those principles in an effective way yes and and in in somehow a way that you can replicate or you can adapt you know we cannot always be inventing new methods new ways new completely from scratch no um although we should adapt i think you know it's uh, unreasonable to imagine and unsustainable to imagine that we will have this capacity to eternally invent new new ways but in 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 youth work sometimes there is this tendency to say like yeah, well, methods are just methods and it, you know doesn't matter um and i do think they matter as much as the principles because yes. if you have well designed methods that really underline those principles in 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 the process so methods that that promote a certain process which really keeps that principle very alive then yes. you're making a real difference in you know in practice
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yes.
1: Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well,
2: you know, you should not do a method just because of the method itself. You should apply the method because of what is underlying the method, what are the principles behind it. Um, And they provide those methods with a set of of ceremonies or tools. And um, the discipline is there also a little bit key in because those tools become effective, just like EduScrum becomes effective if you have the discipline to really go through those ceremonies and of course there has sometimes you have to adapt to the circumstances that are there but you still uh, the activity that you're doing is still supporting that underlining value exactly. and um, some people say oh, i just use parts of Agile scrum and then, then i use it go ahead if you feel like it but then you're not doing edge scrum right. um, and it's not not because of the protecting of the word educom but it's because we know that when you really stick to those ceremonies and um the values behind it then the whole tool as its complexity becomes effective, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's a prescribed step. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. But if you don't think about why you make the teams, if you don't give the space for making that planning, right. if you don't stop to retro to to re- uh, reflect on that cooperation part, if you don't do it and how you do it doesn't matter, but those parts have to be there because then it becomes effective effective as a whole
1: exactly. This is this is what I find interesting in these approaches. Um, and, you, and you see the same happening with Dragon Dreaming, for example, or other methodologies that promote uh, a certain set of values, a certain way of working. Um, and 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 when we see them, the complementarity of the different tools in the process, then you kind of understand better how deep you can go with it, Um um and and of course this is valid for many approaches but i i like a, i like this about at the scrum that it's it is designed to reach a goal effectively in a collaborative way uh, based on the on a relationship which you explained very well it has to be based on trust yes. so you're building that interdependence also um, and at the same time autonomy so i, I think it, it can be so interesting yeah, and Clear you know,
0: criteria the, also that's very important. yeah yeah and you know a
2: tool is only as effective as the person who is applying the tool of course so it, it begins with that person with that teacher coach training who really cares about the development of these students and would really like to work with them on a relation based on trust and shared values to grow together that's where it begins mm. if that does if that person is not there. Um, then it just becomes, you know, I sometimes there's a principal of a school who calls me to give a training and he pushes everybody to go to the training. And even my own principal in school said, I want you to train all the teachers here in school. I said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> this is nonsense because not everybody likes it that's okay not all students like it it's okay it's not the magic thing at your scrum it's just one of the one of the things that are on the one what you can do and and you only have to feel it as a person like i i feel that i can do my work very well if i have these tools available to me do it but not because someone pushed you to do it because then you're sticking sticky notes with students but that the whole environment the whole relationship the whole atmosphere that it can create doesn't exist and then it becomes not effective and that is not then because edu scrum doesn't work um, because it's the tool combined with the people who are applying the tool that makes it effective
1: with the facilitator and yes. I, I can see i can see Eduscrum scrum being applied to young people developing a Youth exchange. I can see it being applied to young people going on voluntary service.
2: Yes, we uh, in in uh, September we have a week international training uh, for the European Solidarity Corps uh, for youth workers, uh, for volunteers. Sorry, for volunteers. Um, so people from volunteering organizations all over Europe they come. Um, we have a week training with scrum and coaching techniques uh, to make those exchanges of volunteers uh more meaningful and of a of a higher quality
1: wow interesting will that still have like a call for participants or is it already set for for a certain number of partners
2: um yeah, that's already set it's already uh it's already it's already uh full i guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh good that's a good sign. nice problem to have. Yeah, nice okay. problem to have. You. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Instead yes. of okay. just one inscription, or just one uh, person signing up that you didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> a, a a yes, Big difference. Big yes, difference, yes. Good evolution there. Well, it was, it was a logical step to do after that first three-day thing
2: that we did with coaching. We saw the value. So we thought, let's go bigger. Let's go for a whole week. So very excited to do that. Very excited.
0: Yeah, the scrum takes the world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, people take the world and use Eddie Scrum. <laughs>
1: all right so we are getting close to the end of our conversation and as always we do have a question from a previous guest and the question is
0: what's the greatest change you would like to see in youth work today um that's a difficult question to answer because i don't feel that i
2: have enough experience or the biggest overview of youth work to give a a sensible opinion about that Um, what I do hope, and uh, what is the greatest change I would see, is that the the f- clear difference between non-formal and formal will disappear, and that we just talk about education together.
1: Well, that that's it's a, not the it's first time that it opinion. comes up. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's not the first time it comes up in this podcast.
2: No, no, You're trying
0: no. to break the wall.
2: Yeah, yes. Where to begin, right? All yeah. oh, with these things that made me nice, nice, yeah. yes,
1: probably, yes, from learning from each other, yes, yeah. probably. Thank you for that. And, uh, what would be a question you leave for a next guest that mm-hmm. we don't know who it is, but will be somebody involved in youth? All right, yes, capacity?
2: I prepared a question. The question I would like to have answered is, What problem are you contributing and solving with the work that you do? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because I think somewhere we all try to solve something
1: hmm. that's very interesting thank you thank you and
0: sometimes we lost the the reason and the criteria where <laughs> where we began yes and, and why we, we to keep track <laughs> we forgot why we do what we do yeah, <laughs> yeah yes, uh, yes yes I, I had i i i left my home to buy some bread then i'm working in non-formal education <laughs> something like that
2: yes yes back to the basics i
0: still haven't uh, no bread <laughs> <laughs> but i have some kids looking at me to teach them something so <laughs> yeah let's do that then yes
1: <laughs> right thank you so much mark it was a pleasure to have you with us talking likewise
2: about- i enjoyed it a lot that was a very uh non-formal conversation
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank keeping you. on the theme yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> we strive for that we strive for that thank you so much thank you Huy, for um, for joining us in the conversation as well and uh well we will hear each other and see each other around i hope good luck for your next big step in at the scrum
2: thank you and you as well with yeah the, with the, the podcasts that are coming next all right thank
1: you bye bye take care bye bye this podcast was brought to you by team mais recorded and edited by huy Branku for the international project EduLabs, financed by the Erasmus Plus Programme. Our great partners for this project are the associations ANEV from the Czech Republic, Youth Watch from Slovakia and of course HOMAK, the University of Applied Sciences from Finland.